Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Are you ready? Like winter weather, real winter weather is coming our way this week. And we've been talking about the different ways to get ready. But when it comes to severe winter conditions, it's also worth asking, is BC as a province prepared to deal with these conditions? Sure, we have plans for the Coquihalla and high-risk areas, but what about all the other transportation areas and systems? Is our infrastructure prepared to deal with severe winter weather? That's what we're going to talk about with our next guest. It's Dr. Gordon Lovegrove, who's an Associate Professor of Civil Engineering and Principal Investigator of the Smarter Growth Partnership at the University of British Columbia, Okanagan. Dr. Lovegrove, thanks for being with us. You're so welcome. Good morning. I love your lead-in song. Good morning, Norm, too. (laughs) You're welcome. Um, Let's talk about are we ready? Do you think BC, as a province, is our infrastructure ready for severe winter conditions? Well, uh, if you've read the latest infrastructure uh, report by the Civil Engineering Society of Canada, we have a lot of old infrastructure right across Canada that's that's aging and needs replacement and upgrading and rehabilitation. So I guess technically no. Uh, The good news is professional engineers right across Canada are also aware of that and taking precautions to try and minimize the risk. But we're still going to have those water main breaks you see every winter. We're still going to have icy roads people have to be careful on and and take precautions on. So it's it's everybody taking and doing their part to prepare and and just allow a little bit more time, do a little bit better planning in, in in the extreme weather we've got coming up. Okay, and what are some of those challenges then to the infrastructure? Well, the biggest thing is we've, we've you know, major water mains, uh, when water freezes, it expands and it bursts valves, fittings, and, and uh, this, is, this is a very common occurrence across Canada, and flooding in the middle of winter is the worst kind of disaster you want to have uh, in a cold. So uh, that is the big one, uh, water mains, you know, sewer draining, sometimes uh, sanitary sewers. The good news is comes out of a heated home. It'll, it'll, it won't freeze as quickly, but uh, I was just driving down our neighborhood street. Somebody's got their sanitary sewer dug up in the middle of a snowstorm and, and being replaced because of the cold, frozen weather. So, so cold weather freezes pipes, water, sanitary water. Uh, we've also got electricity. I mean, in, in extreme weather, cold, uh, if, if you've got any snow or water getting into warmer areas and it's melting into, you could have power outages. And power outage in the middle of winter, as you know, we that that's an issue too. Uh, it affects SkyTrain. It affects the way we get around, uh, how we heat our homes. So we have to be prepared for everything, windstorms, snowstorms, blizzards, you name it. Uh, extreme weather affects all of the infrastructure. Are we good at replacing this, though? You talk about things like water mains. I mean, some of those pipes, a lot of that is is very old in some of our cities. Yeah, I remember uh, when I was working in the city of Vancouver, we had 99, 100-year-old wood-staved major pipes. I think that one from the North Shore was just replaced. Uh, 
what was it, uh, 10, 20 years ago. But uh, they, you're right. It's it's uh, infrastructure. You put it in the ground. It's supposed to last for 50 years. Often we make it or push it to 100 years, as I just said. So uh, you, you need to get it up onto a good cycle. I mean, we're in the tax season, uh, making sure you replace it on a regular basis. Typically, 1% to 5% of infrastructure gets replaced every year by municipalities. And that's, that's a really important proactive planning by uh, professional engineers to make sure it doesn't age past its its useful life or its reliable life, so to speak. Right. Okay. Do you see that planning being done? You talked a little bit about that there, but some of the other things you're talking about require, I think, a lot of attention and investment. Absolutely. And that that's the crunch. There's only one taxpayer. So um, it's up to elected officials, the strategic decision makers, uh, based on the recommendations of professional engineers and planners to decide where is that taxpayer dollar going to be best spent to maintain and sustain our quality of life. It is a really tough decision. Now, Dr. Lovegrove, you've already talked about that you've talked about the need to uh, reconsider kind of transportation strategies. You, you talk about more resilient transportation systems. What does that mean? Well, resilience is, in effect, uh, how do you recover, rebuild, or, or, you know, think about different ways of doing things after an unexpected disaster happens. And, I mean, we had that uh, in November a couple of years ago with the, the Coquihalla washouts and, and basically Sumac Lake reappearing. Um, we've had them up here this, this past summer in the Okanagan where I am, you know, wildfires in the smoke. And, and uh, we've, we've, across Canada, experienced $3 billion in hits. Uh, in terms of destroyed infrastructure and the, and the cost to recover. So that's resilience. Is how do you design or future-proof a system that can withstand and recover quickly to get people evacuated or get people back in or allow communities to rebuild uh, with the minimum shock on, on quality of life, on our tourism, uh, on our way of life, on people's health and safety. It is really, really tough. And again, that's that's where we have to go now as a profession, as planners. We're looking for ways to diversify how we get around, for example, travel choices. Uh, we need to look at things besides everything being autocentric. That's who North America is. So we're looking around the world and Europe uh, has a great example. Uh, Germany, similar climate to ours, they're looking at ways to get people around that's not all on the Autobahn, the German great highway system. They love driving there. They're very similar to us, right? Uh, yet they also have something called a tram train, which is a train or a streetcar that runs in cities but also travels between cities. And so we're looking at things like that. But you know, you read in the news this morning, there's just an article on hydrogen. Canadian and international governments are looking at a hydrogen economy. If we rely on things that are linked to a, an electric wire that could get flooded or cut off, how do you make that resilient? What you maybe need to do is look at putting hydrogen on board a tram train or a light rail vehicle so that despite the power going out, that vehicle can still run. And we've got hydrogen cars doing the same thing. I feel like we don't do this until the worst happens. Do you know what I mean? Like I, you talked about the Coquihalla washout there, and now we have rebuilt it to a standard that you know surpasses that. But we seem to wait until the bad things happen, don't we? Um, it's human nature. Why change if it's not broken? Don't fix it. Um, uh, there are some of us, and more of us, and uh, you know, asset management experts across Canada, around the world, are realizing, and insurance corporations are telling us. 
uh, your premium's going up unless you plan. I mean, uh, think about it simply as, you know, your house has to be within a certain distance of a fire hydrant, uh, or you don't get a premium on your insurance if you get insurance at all. Other homes now in flood zones uh, are having problem getting insurance. Actually, it's interesting. Uh, it's called ESG, Environment Sustainability Governance. Uh, the insurance companies are now making sure companies, cities, planners, homeowners, building infrastructure managers are planning more resilience into their system. So actually, as as a group, it's now hitting us on the bottom line. And when the bottom line is impacted, everybody starts looking up. I mean, how many people are ticked off about taxes going up? Now they're going to stop and think about what can we do to reduce that? So it is, it is you're right, necessities and mother of in, invention or innovation or change when the pain of Changing is less than the pain of staying as you are. People generally start changing, but it's taken a long time to get yeah. there. But we we are there. And we need to start looking at that. All right. Well, Dr. Lovego, thank you so much for your time on that this morning. You are so welcome. Have a great day and you stay too. safe out there. I will. You too. That's Dr. Gordon Lovegrove, an Associate Professor of Civil Engineering and Principal Investigator of the Smarter Growth Partnership at the University of British Columbia, Okanagan, talking about the ways in which we need to improve and strengthen our transportation systems in light of you know severe weather. Sure, we need to do things like putting our emergency kits in our cars and doing all the things that we've talked about this week, but on a bigger picture, there's a lot more that needs to be done too.